Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I do want to give a trigger warning. We will be talking about sexual assault and healing. So if you do feel like that, you are just not equipped or ready to talk about that today or hear about it, um, go ahead and skip this episode. Don't listen to it and make sure to protect yourself and your emotions as we move forward in this conversation. Ian Leninger is a 19-year-old with a passion for creating a new narrative where talking about hard things is normal. Through many hardships, he has been able to see the provision and hope that only God can provide. He prays that others can find a similar freedom in Jesus through his story as they navigate life's ups and downs. You can hang out with him on Insta or TikTok at Ian underscore Leninger, I-A-N underscore L-E-I-G-H-N-I-N-G. E R. Okay, so I I literally just want to kind of hop into mm-hmm. how I found you and how we connected and all of that. And it was through TikTok. Yeah, that I is right. I think you just I think you just came up on my FYP. And I was like, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I have had conversations on sexual assault a lot. Um, my mom growing up was a sexual assault uh, counselor for women and children. So that conversation has been very normal to me. Um, I've shared my own story with that and I have never seen a guy speak up on it, much less on a public platform. I've, I've heard of, you know, personal conversations, but whenever I saw your TikTok, that was just simply, I'm sharing my story. So others we'll be able to do the same. That's essentially what you were saying. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) This is powerful. Like, I don't don't even know this dude, but whatever's happening here is good. Like whatever's going on. So I immediately started following you and I was like, "Um, let's have a conversation. Like, let's actually talk. So what made you decide to post that? Well, first off, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to listen and uh, take the time to care because so many people, um, I think, just brush over certain things like this or we don't talk about it, especially when you're talking about the church, but we'll probably get into that a little bit. Um, But for me, um, I think the biggest thing was like I had dealt with something that was super dark and so many people, no one talked about it, but I know it exists. And so for me, in terms of like sharing it on a public platform kind of like what you spoke about with TikTok is like it's something that is a tool and if I don't use that tool to reach people who are maybe struggling in a similar similar position um, as I once was then like I'm wasting an opportunity to reach people with Jesus and um, and tell them that they'll get through it because I if I want to be the person that I wish I had when I was in my darkest moment so that's the driving factor behind me talking about it publicly. Yeah, that's amazing. So can you, I'm going to back us up a little bit because I just jumped right into something without really introducing you, I guess, (laughs) but 
Um, can you share like a little bit about your story, where you're from, yeah, all of those absolutely. things, and then uh, we can kind of go from there. Like I want to yeah. know everything. Absolutely. Well, everything so, you're comfortable with, obviously. No, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm an open book, so we'll just jump into it. Uh, I was born in a Christian home. My mom was. My parents met at a missionary school up in Minneapolis, Bethany House Publishers or whatever. There. Oh, yeah. They went to school up there in Minneapolis. So cool. um, my dad was a chaplain in the Air Force. Um, perfect couple right and then mm -hmm. things kind of took a turn um it turned out dad was addicted to a lot of substances porn and things like that so it was pretty quickly after i was born that he was not in the picture and that resulted in a lot of family turmoil in and out of him in my life a lot of jumping around houses when i was younger we moved i was born in richmond then we moved to greenville south carolina and then back up to ohio where my mom was originally from so it was a quick life there in the beginning. I saw a lot of things, you know, mom was trying to hold everything together because she grew up in this legalistic Christian home. Um, and so I always knew who God was and I always knew he would deliver and provide for us because of that um, tough, like childhood, I guess you could say. Um, there was never a doubt in my mind that God was not real uh, or that God was, you know, he was always there and he provided in crazy ways that it wasn't ever a coincidence. He paid bills when my mom literally had $0 in the bank account. Houses were selling, you know, when we were moving within a week, stuff like that. So wow. when it came to my own like faith and struggles, so I, I lived a, like a pretty good life despite all of that. I had an amazing family. And then uh, my junior or my sophomore year, um, I started getting pretty decent at swimming and the opportunity for me to swim in college kind of presented itself. And so my junior year was kind of dedicated to recruiting and trying to get out of the single parent, you know, barely making it by type lifestyle. And I thought college was going to be that way. Um, and so it was distracting me. And so I finally made my college decision. I, I go to Wingate, I'm studying exercise science. And so I committed there as a junior um, and I was super hyped, but then after all of that was done, I was like, okay, I've made it. Like, I know where I'm going to school. I'm a junior in high school. Like nobody else knows that, right? Like the Lord provided yeah. in big ways. And so then I'm sitting here and I'm driving to practice and I'm listening to a Lecrae song, the good, the bad and the ugly, I think is what it's called. And he talks about his um, own childhood sexual abuse with a babysitter and immediately memories and things started coming back. Like the whole world fell on me. <laughs> so I'm no. sitting at a stoplight and I'm like uncontrollably like crying and shaking. And so I had to like drive the quarter of a mile it was to a parking lot. And literally I sat in my car and cried for two hours. Uh, and so wow. these memories of somebody, you know, touching me in bed, like all types of crazy stuff just filled my mind. And there was, I couldn't escape this darkness. And I, I knew something was bothering me because even after um, you know, I had made such a good decision and all of these amazing things of the Lord, like something was still bothering me that whole entire junior year. I was a mess. Like, I cried every Sunday in my mom's room. <laughs> like it was a bad year, but it yeah. was that it was something that I didn't know was inside of me that finally surfaced when I had time to like be still. Right. And it was a repressed memory. Exactly. And it came back when those words and that triggered me which I didn't wow. know could happen, but now that I've researched it and it's happened to me, I understand the psychology behind that. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, there's a whole documentary uh, on it on Netflix. Of course, I'm not gonna remember the name of it right yeah. now, but 
it talks about, you know, a lot of people have had these repressed memories kind of come back, which sexual assault of any kind is Mm -hmm. incredibly hard to process. But whenever it's a surprise almost, because you're like, wait, 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 (laughs) you know, like, no, wait, this happened. I know this happened. Right. But how did I not remember it? Slash, like, what? You know, like, exactly. To me? Exactly. And so for those moments, I just, all of these things that had happened in the past, right, were just, that was the only thing I could think about. Um, And there was literally nothing I could do. And it just, uh, you know, threats of the person, like, you know, if you tell your parents what has happened, I'm going to kill them type thing. Um, Just Mm. those voices were in my head. And so here I am, a young person, a male, somebody who follows Jesus, but hasn't really had to take his own faith for himself because it's always been my mom's faith Mm -hmm. leading the family, me and my brother through her being a single mom. And I'm like, what what in the world? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So after that, I mean, I somehow managed to go swim in the pool for like a 30 minutes after just sitting in my car and that helps swimming has always been that therapy for me. Uh Um, And then it was the next few weeks and days that were just awful. I didn't tell my mom for a while, but yeah. So that's, I guess I'll just open it up with that and we can talk off of that, whatever. Yeah, for sure. So there's always, people always respond in different ways whenever they hear stories like yours or mine or, um, you know, whoever's. Right. And I always want to know, like, how do you prefer people respond you know for sure so the biggest thing I want the narrative to be shifted I hate when people say I'm sorry that is Mm -hmm. I'm not sharing this to you for pity the fact that I'm here and alive I'm over that I'm telling you because I trust you and I believe that somehow my story will be able to help you or um, encourage you so I like I'm proud of you for getting to this point So yeah, that's how I like people to respond. And that's how I try to respond when people tell me things that shock me or hurt me. Yeah, that's good. I like that a lot. And I think like, and I've heard people say like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Mm -hmm. Wow, what an incredible testimony or whatever. And that always kind of sits right with me. But I agree any type of the like, I don't know, the pity and then just sit there and look at you. Right. Uh, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And I hate saying it like an aggressive way. It's just like, I know that they mean that well. And so often, you know, so many people are just like, they want to let you know that they sympathize with you. But I think sometimes it comes across a little, just not exactly what you- And awkward. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, okay, you're sorry. Yeah, okay. Thanks. uh, (laughs) Like what you said. Right. (laughs) Well, and that's what I wanted to ask you because anybody yeah. listening can take a, a page from that book, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, they just learned something new. And it's not to say that everyone wants the same response, but no. it's it's good to kind of hear how different people like to be addressed whenever it comes to that or whenever they're sh- sharing something very personal. So this obviously affected your day-to-day life. I mean, obviously. So and it sounds like you were a pretty fortunate and confident kid got, like up until that point. And then it got a little bit shaky. So yeah. how did that affect your confidence? Yeah. So 
it's crazy because I was a super go lucky, like outgoing person. I had struggled with some things as I had shared, you know, growing up without a dad was hard, but it was never anything where I'd never considered myself depressed, anything like that. And suddenly I was depressed Yeah. Um, and I laid in bed. I'd lock myself in my room and lay in my bed, looking at the ceiling for hours, couldn't sleep, cry myself to sleep. Uh, just, I went from like being super, you know, just living me, doing me mm-hmm. to not wanting to talk just really quiet and that lasted for a few weeks and then I finally was able to talk to my mom and that really changed the way that I handled it but that still meant that I still had a lot of struggles it wasn't like just a switch you know sure yeah you were able to kind of share that with someone but it doesn't mean that it affected you any less it was just someone else was there to kind of help carry the burden exactly carry that heartache exactly so what was the process like of talking to her and how did you find your confidence again? I mean, I'm talking to you now. Right. That was 17 whenever you were in so, the car. Yeah. So that was like two years, two or three years ago now that yeah. I shared that with her. So my junior year of high school. Yeah. So, so you're years. 19 now. Yeah, exactly. I was 17. So, <laughs> And I, I mean, I can see very evident of a, a lot of healing, a lot of, um, I mean, radiating the Lord and what his promises and all of that. So I'm like, it's only, it has not been that long since the discovery of these memories and the, the testimony that you're now sharing. Absolutely. So I'm like, how did you get here in two years? That's incredible. (laughs) So I think we, a lot of, we like to focus, right. We just spent the past 10 minutes talking about the bad and, and we have to talk about what Jesus has done. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's, what's so powerful about everyone's story. So for me, I, I've, barely got through telling my mom I sat in the corner of her room and like cried my way like wheezing through telling her um and she met me with open arms and we it took a while but I eventually got into a Christian counselor Dr. C he's a professor at Cedarville (laughs) University he is an amazing man just the few times that I met with him in his office he he changed my life with the perspective that he gave me on the Bible and biblical characters I could look to for strength and confidence right so yeah. that was a big help was seeking like godly counsel and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that was something my mom pushed me towards, you know, I, it may be pro- I probably wouldn't have gotten that if I just had my way of seeing a counselor immediately, it might not have been a godly biblical counselor. And then just continuing to take time and allow myself to sit in the pain that I was feeling and not trying to rush through, I think allowed me to heal. And it took me a year before I even shared it with like my grandma or my family. And then yeah. I shared it with the world. Uh, so that's, that's just the Lord uh, testament to how he heals. And if you allow him, he does really work crazy. miracles. Because yeah. <laughs> I would not be alive. I promise you, I would not be alive. Right. Had you not sought out that wisdom and that godly counsel and done the healing work. Yeah. And it was something I could not do. Like I sat in a bed for a week. I had a house sit right after I told my mom and she was like, okay, go house sit. It'll be good for you. Like be by yourself, just kind of chill. And I sat in that house for a week and I literally laid on a bed and I thought it might be better if she never saw me again. And then the Lord just took me from that place. And he just kept getting me a day further from that pain. Wow. What did that look like practically? Like, was that prayer? Was that getting in the word? Like, what did that, what were the tangible things that 
yeah. were doing. So I think the biggest thing was just crying out to the Lord. So we look and we see, you know, David crying out to the Lord. So for me, I read this book, Dr. C and my pastor, who was also discipling me at the time, he gave me this book called The Tale of Three Kings. And it talks about King David, King Solomon, and then Jesus, and mm -hmm. how he uses brokenness to be a part of Jesus's story and all of these things. And so for me, practically, it was looking at the Bible, specifically King David, and being able to read the word, but just asking God, like, show me the human I am, show me the human you created me to be. Because this shame that I'm feeling because of the sexual abuse that I had experienced is not me. It does not define me, but I don't have the strength to say what that is because all I feel is alone, shameful. And I wrote a ton, so much during that time. Like journaling? So, yeah. So journaling okay. and just crying out to the Lord are the two biggest things that I tell anyone who's experiencing something traumatic or depression or anything. Are those the same tools that you feel like you use today? Absolutely. Those things, I have notebooks full. In fact, like I have one right here, um, just full <laughs> prayers and stuff that I, I look back onto because if you have a tangible thing to look back and see that God got you through something, it means that each time you face a new giant, right? Something that's in your way that you feel like you can't get over. You're like, shoot, look at all these other mountains that are behind me. So this will help me through. So journaling, honestly, <laughs> is the way to go for me. Some people don't like it, but it it forces my mind to slow down. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm a I'm a big journaler too, so I um 100% support that. <laughs> uh it's it's such a good outlet and I love yeah. that that is a practical thing that we can do on a daily basis if we want. Right. You know, and it doesn't to, you don't you don't have to be a certain age. You don't have to be a certain position. It's just a powerful tool to get your thoughts, your ducks in a row, kind of. If the Lord has ever felt far away from you, or if you just felt like He is not connecting, or you just can't hear Him, I have something for you that changed my life, and I hope it will change yours too. There are a few things that I do that really help me connect with the Lord, and I turn that into a field guide mini course for you to really connect with the Lord again and reintroduce yourself to Him, to rediscover your identity in Christ. It has been some of the most life-changing practices that I've done, and it's essentially the first month of online mentoring because almost everyone that I mentor, we work through the same exact thing. So not only is it part of you know the online mentoring program, but it is only a fraction of the cost. So if you have been wanting to connect with the Lord, learn more about you know, His voice and how you can connect with Him, this mini course is for you. It is on my website at ainsleybritton.com forward slash shop, and I hope you enjoy it. So <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit more about um, you know, the church's role in this, but mm -hmm. before we do dive into that, I want to give a statistic that I think is is pretty sobering and we'll kind of put into perspective how common this um, trauma is unfortunately obviously that's not well that's what we want to put an end to but every 68 seconds an American is sexually assaulted that's literally like nearly yeah. a person a minute 
it's like jarring. And nine out of 10 of those cases will go unreported. So that's really just an estimate of how often this happens. This happens, I mean, a lot more than we even know about. So whenever we're having this conversation, the reason that I think it is so important is because it's more common than anyone wants to believe or than anyone wants to talk about. And like we mentioned uh, earlier, it's so often swept under the rug. And that's why um, I would I would love to normalize this conversation so other people, and it's, it's like your mission as well. So other people feel the freedom to be able to be like, wait, no, that, that also happened to me. Like, what do I do? And then helping right. guide those people through those things. Um, so I'm wondering, like, what would you say to someone who is struggling right now or might just be realizing, wait, this happened to me? Right. So I, it's crazy because since sharing my story, exactly what you're speaking on, right? So many people through Instagram DMs have messaged me and it's people yeah. that I don't even know. I've never seen, I don't yeah. I just see their profile name. Right. And they're telling me something that they haven't told anyone else in the world. And so right. that points to your, that proves your point that it happens way more because random people are willing to talk to somebody who's been through it because that's how in desperate need they are mm-hmm. because it's not normalized and they feel alone. So I think the biggest thing for me when I'm talking to somebody is just to remember that like the fact that you're at the point where you realize this happened you're right here breathing and you want to get through it proves the fact that you're going to be strong enough to get through it yeah. because it, it takes a lot to be able to look at something head on and say how much it hurts you, but be like, I want to get through that. Yeah. So, and it's just one of those things where it's like, you have to take it a day by day. You want to be healed. You want to be able to live your life free of the trauma and free of the thoughts in your head that are so dark but ultimately it's just a day at a time and some days are going to be easier than others. Mm -hmm. So it's just like having that small micro victory type mindset of being like, okay, I got through today. What is the win in today? And just understanding that you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. You're not alone. There's so many people that have experienced this and I have found that the most Converse, the, the conversations that I've had with Christians who have gone through this, the freedom is solely found in the Lord. It's nothing yeah, that their human flesh could have ever gotten them through. A hundred percent. There's no doubt in my mind. I think that's the only way to really find true healing. But mm-hmm. obviously there's a place for all of the, you know, self-help things and counseling. Like I am all for all of yeah. those things, but in combination with the Lord, then that's like an unstoppable, unstoppable train. Yeah. Unstoppable force. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. For sure. So whenever, um, I mean, you went to your pastor, your pastor was discipling you at the time. How did the church, what was their role in your story? Like, was it, was the church helpful? Did it hurt a little bit? Like, how did that go? So I think I was super blessed with an amazing church family back home in Ohio. So they were super open and supportive. I didn't really tell a lot of people until I told everyone. So it kind of went from zero to a hundred really quickly, but you know, they just treated me the same. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest things 
is we're all human, whether or not we've been all beat up the same, but mm -hmm. chances are we've all been pretty beat up. Yeah. So yeah. I think that the way that they just treated me the same, loved on me, showed me who Jesus was through their actions. And you know, they, they didn't condemn me for feeling depressed, but I know that there are churches who do. Yeah, for and sure. We need, we need to definitely, that needs to shift, you know? Yeah. How do you think that that, what does that shift look like in your opinion? So I think the shift just honestly comes from being able to talk about it so often like the world will talk about sex the world will talk about all of these things only in the context in which they think is good but there's also like the bad side to it right and that's the trauma the mm -hmm. other ways that sex is glorified in this culture and they don't want to talk about that side and especially within the church right like now the world is kind of catching on to the me too movement mm -hmm. and things like that right so the church is still a little bit behind and i don't know exactly what the reason is for that Maybe it's just because they feel it's a touchy subject and it is, but I think the congregations will respect leadership a lot more if they're willing to take the turn and focus on the hard subjects, because that's what people want to hear. Yeah. That's what they're experiencing. <laughs> exactly. That's the pain that's in this world. And if we don't talk about it, then mm -hmm. how are we expected to meet people where they're at and show mm -hmm. them the true way out? And that's through Jesus and the salvation and the confidence that he brings. Yeah. I mean, I think something that I would, I would even love to see is like, if, if there's a series on sex or something, have a day dedicated to sexual trauma, mm -hmm. bring a panel of people up and have them talk about ways for healing and stuff like that, because I don't want to get this statistic wrong. So I might have to fact check, but last I read, it was like one in four women and one in five men. Something have like experienced that. sexual assault yeah. or sexual abuse before the age of 18. Oh goodness. Yeah. It's wild. So, I mean, think about a congregation. Yeah. That's ton. That's so many people. Yeah. If you have a church of 500 people, right? Like that's so many. You can I can't see do that it. quick math. Right. But that's, that's, <laughs> that's a lot of people. 500 maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's wild. Yeah. And it, you know, we want to minister to the hurting. We want to minister to the hungry, right? The physically hungry, but we also should have a desire to minister to the people who are hurting in specific ways, like sexual trauma. And like you're saying, if we can have panels of, I know it's hard to find men who have been through this, but they exist. Yeah. And that's the whole reason that I feel like the Lord has given me this opportunity to talk about it is because like, it doesn't, I've, really found zero and if you're out there if you're listening let me know please <laughs> but uh it, it, you know it happens and we need mm -hmm. to have those discussions so that men know that they're also not alone I agree I, I think that's what was so powerful about whenever I even saw your video I was just like wait this is a guy talking about it this is unheard of not because it doesn't happen, but just because people, men are, um, there's shame. There's, um, it, the lie that, um, you may be less of a man or whatever right. that narrative is that silences them. Mm -hmm. So I, think, I am very proud of you for speaking up because I think I, it's going to change so many lives. I appreciate that. And I think too, just the way that sex is constructed in our mind and the way we talk about abuse and all of those things, right? Um, men are so often, you know, in the past, 
always viewed as like the perpetrator and the one. And yeah. it's like, you're telling me that I can be a victim or I am the victim, right? Um, at least when we're talking about it in that case. Um, and it just being like, well, how do I handle that? Because everyone's telling me that I'm the scary one. Right. But it's like, no, I'm the scared one now. Yeah. It's like, how do we process that if there aren't men being willing to disciple you through that? Absolutely. So the church just, you know, discipleship groups, panels, you know, talking about it and recognizing that sex is talked about in the Bible so much. Why can't the church talk about it? Mm-hmm. And this, this trauma didn't just suddenly happen. It <laughs> right? existed in those times as well. Yeah. Probably more often. Way worse. I mean, you read about, you know, all the different concubines and things like that of the culture. And I can only imagine the minds and hearts that that hurt even if it was culturally normal yeah doesn't mean it was right well and the bible blatantly says that lot's daughters seduced him yeah or no yeah like right it says it we have to talk about it yeah absolutely it's, it's just wild yeah um so what is your like what is your, what do you want to do in life? I know you're majoring in exercise science. Like what's your like dream job and what's all that? So my, with all of this, I think the Lord is, it's been two years since I've kind of started talking about this and realizing it's part of me, even though it doesn't define me, it's part of me. And I feel like doing more type of stuff like this, talking about it, we just spent, you know, five, 10 minutes talking about how we need to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what we're doing. And my desire is to be able to share and have more conversations like these. If that involves speaking and doing more stuff, podcasts, whatever it is, writing. And ultimately I'd like to go and get into medicine. I would like to go to PA school. So I'm currently actually working in a psych unit as a nurse aide. So I don't know if I'd like to do like do psych as a PA, but in addition to that, obviously, you know, continue sharing whatever the Lord has put on my heart. That's incredible. I guess that's what I want to do, but I don't know if that's what the Lord wants me to do. So I'll just keep asking him. Yeah. He'll guide you. He, he will for sure. And it's, it's not to say that you can't do both. Yeah. I mean, the prayer is like right now I only work three days a week. And that's what the providers do as well. So if I can spend the other four days writing and if I get to travel one day or do anything like that, that would blow my mind. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah, no, it'll definitely happen. So how can we pray for you as a Wild Confidence community? So I think the biggest prayer that I need in my life is just like, how do we take this in a direction in which will be like the most useful We just talked about all the statistics. There are so many ways that you and I both, and even the listeners can help people. There's resources Mm -hmm. available. There are clinics that there's, we need so much help even within Mm -hmm. a hospital. Right. So I think the prayer is that I can help a mobilize myself and just have a clear sense of direction, but then also I can empower others to also find that sense of calling in whatever way that they can be a light into the community in which they're in. So that's, I want to be able to empower people to bring light to whatever little circle of influence that they have. Mm -hmm. Perfect. We are going to pray for a blessing over your story and your journey and your walk with the Lord and guidance 
on what's next, what's the next best step and continued wisdom because I'm already super impressed that you're having this conversation at 19 and partnering with the Lord in the healing process and sharing. I think that's awesome. So, um, keep up the good work, Ian. And I, <laughs> I appreciate you too, because I think that just this conversation is a testament that there are people who are willing to listen, whether it's you or other people. So as you said, you know, if there is somebody who is listening, that's struggling, just know that there are people in your circle who I are probably way more willing to listen to what you have to tell them about um, than you realize. And like you're saying, like, I didn't know that you had been through something traumatic, but you have been. Mm-hmm. And so you might find out that the person you're talking to is very well equipped to help you through something because they've also been through something similar. Exactly. Yeah, you're exactly right. Is there anything that um, I either left out or you feel like you wanted to say in addition to what we've already talked about? Not a whole lot, honestly, just wherever you're at, just understand that the Lord is walking beside you. And Jesus felt emotions. He wept. Uh, David was a messed up dude and God still used him in his kingdom. So take that and allow that to empower you as you walk. You're broken. You may feel ashamed, but the Lord used a prostitute. He used David. He was part of his lineage, right? So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. God has not broken you without a purpose or, you know, you're not broken because you're just left to be broken. It's because God wants to show you can put you back together. Um, And that's what's so amazing about the God we serve is he's active in our lives. He has an intimate relationship with us. So just live, Mm -hmm. live like that and believe that fully. Yes. Yes. And amen. I love it. It it brings me joy so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I love what you're doing. I love your story and um, would love to just help in, in any way. I appreciate you so much. This was so much fun. And it, it just is a joy to be able to have this type of community online because, you know, 10 years ago, this was not in my mom's, <laughs> you know, this didn't exist a generation ago. Yeah, no kidding. It's so funny. Yeah, it's wild. So thank you. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual assault or sexual abuse and wants to talk to someone, there's a free confidential hotline at rain.org, R-A-I-N-N.org. There's a live chat. You can get help 24-7, and you can call 800-656-4673, 800-656-HOPE. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at AinsleyB, and my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.